All right, I want to talk a little bit more about royalty, and I want to just, I believe the theme of this whole month has been that you might prophesy. Remember Patty talked about it. She, she talked about how that when the anointing, this is Numbers 11, when the anointing was poured out upon the 70, two of the 70 weren't present. But then they found them in the camp prophesying when the other 68 were prophesying. And so then they said to Moses, hey, there's two guys out in the camp prophesying. Should we shut them down? And Moses said, oh, that all of God's people would prophesy. And this has been a theme from the garden. This has been a theme from the fall is that, that knowing that when we read about the communion in the cool of the day, the communion wasn't just to have communion. The communion was to be brought near, to have revelation that we would have the ability to live as God lives, that we'd have the ability to talk like God talks, that we would have the mind of God, right? And, and Paul talks about this now, that we have now the mind of Christ. This was the heart of God, that we would be one with him. So in, in Isaiah 55, where he says, your thoughts are not my, like my thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That, that whole thing in Isaiah 55 wasn't meant to be, so therefore you're condemned and you'll never reach me. It was an utterance, an observation that pertained to what God would also bring forth. When we read in Isaiah 64, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them. He says that in Isaiah 64. But then when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he says, he quotes, Paul quotes the same passage, but he says, but now the Spirit of God has revealed those things to us. We live in a prophetic day. We are a prophetic people. We are called to the prophetic. And, and the summit, by the way, you know, the, the little word in front of summit is prophetic. This is meant to be a prophetic summit, that we would, that we would have our January. This is the Gentiles' first month of the year. It's not the Jewish first month, but it's the Gentile first month of the year. And that we would have this month devoted to the Lord, that we would have this month as a first fruits, that we would be pursuing what is the Lord saying, that we would hear from them, that we would yearn for his voice, that we would be renewed of heart, that we would look to him, that we would lean into him, that we would rely upon him. That we, that we would not only hear what he's saying for the sake of hearing, but we would hear what he's saying for the sake of living, for the sake of walking, for the sake of agreement. The prophetic realm, the throne room realm, the hearing what God is saying, the whispers of God. Remember when God come to, came to Elijah and, and he came in a whirlwind and he came in fire and he came in the storm and all of that. And, and he said, am I in that? And he says, no, you're not in that. What was he in? He was in a still, small voice. He was in a still, small voice. You're hearing from the Lord more frequently than you think you are. You just need to tune in to the still, small voice. The still, small voice is the silver thread into the very throne room of God. It is. It is. You're despising. You're despising what you're hearing, and you're thinking, well, I don't hear it like Bill Johnson does. Well, I don't hear it like Sean Boltz does. Well, I, I don't hear it like Billy Graham heard it. And, I, and, and that's just the enemy arousing doubt and confusion within you. You're hearing well. Stop doubting it. 
and start leaning into the still small voice of the Spirit, which is that voice out of the throne room, that is that voice that will lead you. Start leaning into that. Start trusting that voice more. Trusting that voice more. That's the prophetic voice of the Lord. It's the testimony of Jesus over your life as Jesus is leading you into knowing what Father is up to, what he has for you, how he's leading you, what he's up to in world events. Oh, oh so too many times we're listening to other voices instead of just leaning into and listening to that voice and trusting that voice. Amen? So as we think about this, I just believe this is, this is part of, and God's restoring the prophetic culture in the church. God's restoring the prophetic ministry in the church. Why so much highlight on the prophetic? Why so much highlight on the prophetic? I want to give you a thought on this is that we've advanced, we've advanced, I think we've advanced through the prayer movement into the prophetic movement. Now, that doesn't mean we're done with the prayer movement. That means that we've added, God's been adding to the church the prophetic emphasis to the prayer emphasis. First came the prayer emphasis, but now he's added to it. He's built on it the prophetic emphasis. Why is that? Because when we pray, our modus operandi, our thought is generally petition-oriented. But then if we're hearing from God and not understanding why we're hearing and what we're to do with our hearing, then we're missing out on the partnership to move heaven and earth. We're missing out on the partnership to subdue demons, to subdue the darkness, to overturn decrees, to change things in communities, neighborhoods, cities, and nations. We're, we're missing out on, because when we approach him and petition, he wants to visit us with answers, but those answers are meant then to become a partnership in our own heart, our own mouth for expression, because he's given the earth to the sons of men. Actually, you're in charge. He's not in charge. You're in charge. He's in charge through you. He's chosen to do all that he's doing through us. Not that he has to, it's because he wants to. He absolutely loves us that much, and he's placed us here, and, and, and it's this, this beautiful, crazy training for reigning, right? The whole earth is this laboratory of training for reigning where we are going to live and be and express for eternity a fulfillment as the bride of his son, as the partner of his son, the co-equal laboring ruling partner of his son. How cool is this? It's, it's too good. It's too good. It's, it's, you got to get religion out of your brain. You got to get the Old Testament out of your brain. You got to get, you, you got to get all of this stuff out of your brain. Anything that would keep you from the sonship, the royalty, the royal calling, that he's knit us to, reuniting us to the original purpose that he had in Adam as he's brought us into the last Adam, Christ the Messiah. Amen? You okay with all this? Oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. So that, you know, we talked about the tearing of the veil and how the tearing of the veil was his flesh, and, and that allowed us to draw near. Uh, we talked a little bit out of Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, I, I was sharing with you that Acts, the day of Pentecost, the pouring out of the Spirit, Acts chapter 2 is the same day that Moses 
had a visitation from Father on the Mount, and this is when fire covered the mountain. When, when the tongues of fire came on the 120 in what we call the upper room on the day of Pentecost, the fire was symbolic of the same exact fire that came on Mount Sinai when the word of the Lord came when the giving of the law came, when there was a visitation to Israel. That fire was symbolic of the visitation, that this is God on these people. This is God, this is God giving them his word. And you know how he gave them their, his, their, his word that day? Prophecy. Yeah, but they spoke in tongues. Yeah, but what were they saying in tongues? And why were they speaking in tongues, by the way? By the way, tongues are good. Tongues can, be, tongues can be an expression of the outpouring of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. So there's two kinds of tongues, by the way. There's a tongue where your spirit prays and your mind is unfruitful. And you're praying mysteries unto God, 1 Corinthians 14. But the tongue of that day on the day of Pentecost was the tongue of the 120 nations that had gathered Nations had gathered all over, I think it was 70 nations actually, I want to have it accurate. Nations had gathered. Jewish people had come for Passover from all over the earth. And they stayed through Passover all the way to Pentecost. And they were, they were housed up in relatives' homes all across the city. The outpouring of the Spirit comes, and they came from Ethiopia. They came from nations, all of these nations. And so when the Holy Spirit came up on them with power, and they began to speak in these tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability, it was the tongues of those 70 nations. So those, those people coming who had come to celebrate Passover that year, they were bilingual at least. They spoke, two, they spoke Hebrew or Aramaic. They spoke the language of the day, but they also spoke the language where they came from. And so what they heard, they heard prophetic declaration. They heard proclamation. They heard glorification of Jesus, naming him as Messiah, and they heard it in the tongue from where they came from. So even then, when we read in that text that they spoke in tongues, tongues wasn't the emphasis. You know what the emphasis was? Prophecy. Prophecy was the emphasis. They were seeing something in the revelatory realm of the Spirit with their spirit, and they were declaring it as the Holy Spirit was giving them the grace, the anointing, the unction to do so. And they were revealing the Messiah and making his glory known to others out of those nations. And they were shifting the heavens. And they were causing a breakthrough to happen so powerfully in the spirit realm that 3,000 people who had gathered then gave their lives to the Lord, said, if Jesus is the Messiah, we want to follow him, and they committed themselves to do so that very day. Prophecy was the emphasis. Prophecy was the emphasis. Oh, that you would prophesy. The anointing of the Holy Spirit 
connects your spirit to the heart of Father, connects you to the throne, connects you to what he's up to, and releases in you the knowing and the ability to begin to foretell and foretell, to proclaim and declare Jesus is Messiah, declare what he's doing, what he's accomplishing, to declare his power, to declare his grace, to declare his sovereignty. We need to get theology out of the way. Get your theology out of the way. Jesus is Lord today, period. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Uh, 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 the Antichrist is coming. Things are going to get worse. And get your theology out of the way. Get your old theology out of the way. Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Not because they have to, but because he is supreme, because he is amazing, because he is powerful, because he is lovely, because he is redemptive, because he is restoring, because he is filling the earth with the glory of God. Get your old theology out of the way and make room for his glory and come into agreement with his glory. He's calling us to be a prophetic people. It's not complicated and it's not weird. Look at, uh, look at, uh, uh, one of the things thinking about this and, you know, just coming into, uh, some of the thoughts on this message was, I think that we have a tendency, and that's why I went to that first Corinthians two passage. Uh, I has not seen, ears not heard, uh, but now the Spirit reveals this stuff to us. Is because we have this tendency to think that we can't know much and that we don't know much and that, that, uh, that this tethering with the spirit realm, it, it, it's, it's going to be limited. It, it's not going to be very rich. It's, it's just going to be partial. And, and I've only had partial uh, connections in the spirit realm anyway after all. And, and besides, it's probably because I mess up or blow it now and then. And, and by the way, you know, Paul makes this real clear talking to the Galatians in Galatians 3. He says, uh, you know, you're not getting healings, miracles, signs, and wonders, and the outpouring of the spirit in your midst because you're perfect. So why, why put that on yourself or put that on others? That, that God can't show up unless you're perfect. Did God show up here today? Uh, hello, did, did God show up here today? Well, that, he messed up on that one. Because <laughs> I know there ain't anybody perfect in this room. Right? Anyway, we, I think we have this idea, and I, 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 I don't know what, you know, just this idea that, that, that God is going to withhold stuff from us. He's not going to show stuff to us. Or, uh, and by the way, all those passages, like who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Psalm 24. Did you know that Jesus fulfilled every one of those crazy passages for you? Who can ascend to the Lord? Him with clean hands, him with a pure heart. I've read that before, and I'm like, I'm toast. No ascending for me. No, 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 you've got to understand something. That's a messianic passage. David knew it when he wrote it. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Only the righteous, only the pure, only the amazing. Guess who I'm hidden in? Guess who I'm hidden in? Guess who's ascending? Guess who's right there? 
Yeah, I'm ascending the hill of the Lord in him, not in myself, not in my works, not in my perfection, not because I have it all together, not because I had totally pure thoughts and, 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 and everything I did this week measured up to the fullness of every law God's ever written. No, I'm hidden in him who did it for me. So therefore, I will ascend the hill of the Lord. I will be covered. He will cover me. He will cover me. His righteousness will cover me. I'm a partaker of 1 John 1, 9. I bring my sins to him, and he cleanses me from all unrighteousness, and I can ascend the hill of the Lord. John 15, 15. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Now, I, I wanted to, I, what, what, what jumped off the page to me was all things. And this is consistent, by the way, this is consistent, what he's declaring over the disciples who become the apostles. What he's declaring over them is consistent all the way through to you today. He calls us friends. It's a covenant term of endearment. He's brought us near. And what I want to leap off the page for you today is all things, all things, all things, all things, all things. And not just, not just stuff concerning or pertaining to your life or the direction you need or the insight you need, but all things about him. Even as you read the word, Get the all things framed in your mind. Oh, Holy Spirit's going to open up this scripture to me. You know, we approach the Bible sometimes. Can I just talk to you? Well, I wonder if I'll get anything out of this today. Well, I haven't been getting much out of my devotion. Yeah, it's just hard for me to hear God. Oh, shift it, shift it, brother and sister. Shift it, shift that phraseology. Hallelujah. Jesus reveals. Oh, the Holy Spirit searches out all things. Oh, the Father's showing, I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. My devotions are going to get richer and richer and richer. Start talking to yourself that way instead of that of that old negative Nelly self. Negative Ned. Is there a Ned or a Nelly in the building? I'm in trouble. 1526. John 15, 26, when the helper comes, whom I will send from the Father, that is the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me, and you will testify also because you've been with me from the beginning. John 16, 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into some of the truth. Just a little bit. You're going to get a little dose of revelation. It's going to be good. You're going to know two things, enough to get you into glory. Yes, you have purchased a dose of fire insurance. Is that what it says? He will guide you into all the truth. Wow. Come on, start saying that over yourself. You're a royal son and daughter of the Most High God. You have access into the very throne room. You have the voice of the Lord softly and gently coming into your spirit, man, out of that throne room place. 
and he will guide you into all the truth. John 17, 22, the glory which you've given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity. That they may be perfected in unity. You're perfected in unity. You're perfected in unity. The more you draw near, the more you draw, the more you believe you're drawing near. The more you see yourself drawing near, the more you behold a unity with you and he. Remember, remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3? That when they looked at him through the law, it was like they had a veil over the face, but now we with unveiled face behold him, and the more we behold him, the more we see we are like him, we become like him as we behold him. It's beholding him, and it's like seeing him in a mirror, and we go from glory to glory. The more you see that his nature is your nature, the more you see that his nature is your nature, the more that glorious progression takes place. You are becoming more and more like your Savior, your Redeemer, your Restoring One. You are the glorified ones, and we with unveiled faces are now walking the globe. How do, we, how do we mess up that brightness? How do we get a veil back on our face? Well, I don't measure up. Well, I, life's really tough. Well, things are just bummed out. Well, I don't know if God hears me. Well, my goodness, you know, I prayed last week and nothing's changed. Veil, veil over the face. Veil back over the face. People walking by you. No brilliance, no glory. Nobody's freaking out. Nobody trying to get near you. Sniffing any fragrance on you? Actually, a little bit of stink there. <laughs> Whoa, what's up with you? Where's the glory? We're the unveiled face ones. We're the, we're the ones who abide in the glory. Oh, but we got to keep remembering that. See, it's a, it's a faith glory. It's a, you, can throw the, you can throw the glory aside. You can cast it aside. You can cover it up. Doesn't mean you're no longer royal. Doesn't mean you're no longer a son and a daughter, but you've forgotten who you are. You've believed something that's a lie. Maybe you've believed something about his brilliance and his glory that's affecting you. Well, yeah, he's going to win, but it's going to be in the end. And until then, we just got to go through hell and everything's going to get worse. And it's just a terrible thing. And I mean, he's all powerful, but he's not going to show his power until the very end. And, and life is just a pit. And oh, boy, and now you believe in something about Jesus that is not true. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, we sing it, right? We shall call him Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. Of the increase of his government, there shall uh, of the increase of his government of peace, there be, sh shall be no end. There shall be no end of the increase. There shall be no end of the increase. There shall be no end of the increase of his government that brings peace. Well, I'm not involved in government, really. Then you 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 better read the book. God's called you to be a shifter of government. See, it's the spiritual foundation of Jesus that sets the tone for government. You know what government is? 
Have you read Romans 13 lately? Government is the minister of God. 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 The word in the Greek is doma, minister, servant of God. That, that's, somebody once understood this. Somebody once in the body politic, when we were a little closer to biblical foundation, understood this because the prime minister, the prime minister means first servant. Prime minister means the most important servant. The most important foot washer amongst us will be the prime minister. First servant. And God has called us to exercise power in the spirit realm that sets the atmosphere and changes the tone, brings correction, confronts demonic entities. What did Daniel know that we don't know? Let's go over there for a moment. Let's go over there for a moment. What did Daniel know that we don't know? All of our edumacation. has kept us from something that Daniel knew. Daniel knew that he had the power as a royal son to pray, to lay hold of, and to access the prophetic word over Israel and to give birth to the prophetic word through prayer, through proclamation, through declaration, through mourning and sackcloth. Through a partnership with God, he gave birth, and it wasn't just him. It was him, it was Ezra, it was Nehemiah. They believed that where they were in captivity, that God was bigger than that, that God was bigger than that that God would fulfill his word to raise his people back up and to restore them. Let's go over to Daniel chapter 9. Can we do that? Daniel chapter 9. You okay? Yeah. Covet that you prophesy. Everybody say covet. Covet that you prophesy. Let's quit working. Glory. Wow. Whew, maybe I wasn't supposed to say that. It's warm in here? And then at the moment I said it's warm in here, the microphone quit working. Covet that you prophesy. Covet that you prophesy. Covet that you prophesy. Is that in the Bible, by the way? 1 Corinthians 14, right before we get to Daniel. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you prophesy. 1 Corinthians 14, 39, Therefore, brethren, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Covet. Covet that you prophesy. Whoo! How are we doing for time? i got to quit in a minute. You okay? Daniel chapter 9, let's go over there. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, 
who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word the Lord had given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer, petition, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, what was birthed out of that, what was, what was birthed out of Daniel's prayer was a move. So, you know, we look at things maybe that are uh, negative, and we look at things that are uh, out of order. We look at things that are immoral or unclean, or we look at, we look at uh, the church situation or anything that we look at that is negative, and yet we have a promise that of the increase of his government of peace, there shall be no end, that he is wonderful counselor, almighty God. That the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. We, we have all of these promises, and we look at these promises, and then sometimes what happens is we... We don't understand that our role, like a Daniel, we have a role to give birth to those in prayer who will be over here, the prime ministers, the first servants to bring stuff to pass. Now, in Daniel's case, in Daniel's case, you would think that this, this would be like the last thing that could happen. If you considered what's the last thing that could happen? Like right now, like for America or, or I don't know, just things are so, so bad. You, you might consider, you know, this could be the last thing. Why would, why would we consider it the last thing? Because he's under now Persian government leadership. This is the Persian government leadership, which is, by the way, today, uh, today, uh, Iraq, Iran. This is, this is a, we, just had, we just had a conflict with Persia, by the way. The prince of Persia just stood up against what we stand for. Freedom of religion, freedom of people, freedom of expression, restoration of humanity. Whatever America stands for, freedom to grow, to develop, entrepreneurialism, capitalism, the prince of Persia just stood up against it. Because that's what the Prince of Persia does. The Prince of Persia withstands, stands against the people of God, stands against, and here the Prince of Persia was quenching, was standing against Israel, the people of God. This is the nation that followed Babylonia, Babylon in suppressing the people of God. And here you've got a young man in that kingdom. Well, he's not young at this time. But he's, he's, he's a representative, and he knows something, and he's walking in his royal calling, and he begins to besiege the throne, and he begins to lay hold of a prophetic word because he sees the 70 years is over, but the birth of freedom and the sending of us back to rebuild hasn't taken place. The words come to pass, but we're still stuck. This is, where, this is where American theology, what we do, is we change the Bible according to our circumstances. Instead of decide we should change circumstances according to the Bible. 
Don't look at culture and decide on your theology. Look at theology and change the culture. You are a Daniel. You are a Nehemiah. You are an Ezra. Those are the three contemporaries that lived during Darius, Artaxerxes, and Cyrus. And Cyrus was born, all of those of the Persian Empire, with Daniel and Nehemiah and Ezra and these godly ones breaking through with prayer and coming into agreement with Jeremiah's prophecy, all of them gave birth to a spiritual shift, a suppression of the prince of Persia. Remember we read about it in Daniel 10? That Gabriel tried to get through with a message to the esteemed one, Daniel, but he couldn't get through because the prince of Persia was withstanding, holding him back. And so he called for Michael, who is the prince over Israel. Remember reading about this stuff? until they could get, and so they fought a battle, and so they could get a victory so that he could bring him a word and give him understanding about his people and about the future. But Daniel 9 is a birthing chapter. Daniel 9 is a birthing place. And what was birthed through Daniel's prayer was Osiris. And if you would receive it today, I don't know if you will, Trump is like a Cyrus. Trump is like a Cyrus. He doesn't need to... He doesn't need, uh, he doesn't need to fit all your holiness standards to be used of God. I prefer it sometimes that he doesn't. Because even sinners will pay attention. If every word was blessed the Lord, then the sinners wouldn't pay attention. Seventy years after the birth of a nation, 1948, we see Trump in place. When he, when Daniel writes chapter 10, it's the third year of Cyrus. We're in the third year of Trump. Cyrus is the one, Ezra chapter 1, who gives the word for the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Trump gave a word. Jerusalem shall be the capital and will be recognized as the capital of Israel. I just want to tell you there's a lot of stuff going on in the spirit realm. I want to tell you that the prince of Persia is still active to suppress the godly ones. But even in the midst of whatever we see that could be against the godly, if there's a people who will give birth to righteousness, and they'll believe God, and they'll lay hold of the Messiah, and they'll believe the prophecies, and they'll come into agreement with the growing kingdom that God is developing across the planet, then they will give birth to Cyruses. And Cyruses don't have to come out of Bible school. Cyruses don't have to come out of Bible school. They are ministers of God or used of God for the purpose of God in the nation, in government. And it's the prayer warriors that determine 
the fulfillment of prophecy and the coming forth of those things that God declared, even when we see it's not coming to pass, even when we see, oh, it's been 70 years, it's been 70 years, I don't see it, I don't see it. Don't rewrite your theology. Start praying. Start prophesying. Get into agreement with God. Stop agreeing with every negative thing out there. Get into agreement with God, and then you'll be like a Daniel, and maybe something will be birthed. Well, we, well, I don't know. God missed it. God missed it. No, you missed it. God, well, it's, it's 71 years. It's, he's one year late. You're one year late. He was waiting for you a year ago. Well, I don't know. It's all up to him. You know, he's sovereign over everything. Yeah, and he declares his sovereignty to you through the silver cord of the whisper of his voice in your heart, and you haven't been paying attention. You've been listening to other stuff and listening to negative theology that's robbing the grace and the power of the ruling and reigning Jesus out of your inner man. Well, that's enough of that. You are a prophetic people. So important, so important, so important. You know, when Daniel sees, when Daniel sees the evil ones in chapter 2, chapter 7, chapter 9, when he sees them, he says, yeah, they, they got like uh, defiling speech that comes out of their mouth. You'll read it in Revelation too. They got all this negative speech coming out of their mouth. Why? Speech determines. Speech determines. Speech sets the course. Speech will shift the atmosphere. Speech will change your family. Speech will change our nation. So this is why he says to Joshua, he says to Joshua, he says, uh, don't let anything but my word come out of your mouth. You're going to make your, you're going to make, you're going to make, you're going to make your way prosperous and successful as you do not let anything but my word come out of your mouth. Okay, I'm going to shift gears now because uh, we got to wrap it up. We've got to close. So uh, you, you, you are an apostolic people. I, uh, I want to talk to you about this house. Um, somebody brought a word over this house, and somebody said, the whole Northwest is at the door. And they had this vision, the whole Northwest is at the door, like lines out there, like the whole Northwest is at the door. And I thought, oh, praise the Lord. You know, that's really cool. Everybody in the world is going to be coming to church here. That's what that means. And, and that's really crazy. And okay, well, that's good, Lord. And well, that's a happy word. Thank you, Jesus. And, and, uh, but I didn't fully understand it, right? But what it was, it was one of those words that was like congruent. It lined up with it, unified with this word that so many have had when they've come here uh, as those like Cheon or, you know, James Gall, or these others that have come here, they've said, this is an apostolic resource center. This is an apostolic renewal center. This house is an apostolic resource center. So one day I'm up here in worship, and, uh, and I don't know that I was even pondering that word, but all at once the Lord was pondering the word, and the Lord gave me the revelation. It's not that everybody's going to be coming to church here. This house is meant to feed the Northwest. that prophets and apostles and evangelists and teachers and business owners and physicians and real estate brokers, property owners, 
moms, teachers, superintendents, they're going to be drawn here for things like this coming weekend. This is our solemn assembly. God called Israel together for a time like this. He called it a solemn assembly. By the way, it was actually part of their prosperity. He actually said, if you'll come to a solemn assembly like this, I'll take care of your harvest. I'll take care of your increase. You draw away unto me and don't worry about all your stuff. Three times a year, there was to be a holy convocation, a solemn assembly before the Lord. Now, when I was growing up, we called it camp meeting. Gentile expression, camp meeting. This is like our camp meeting, church. This is where we come away to be refreshed, to grow, to develop, to, to experience, uh, to dig deeper, to become more attuned to this prophetic spirit. And, and not only that, but understanding, oh, oh my word, what God wants to do with us is, is a little bit Bethelish. It's a little bit Bethelish. God wants to make us an apostolic resource center, an apostolic renewal center. People are going to come here from around the Northwest as he matures the word he's put on us. People are going to come from all around the Northwest, Idaho, Western Montana, Spokane, Oregon, and Eugene, and Hood River, and the Dalles, and Bend, and Sisters. People are going to come from all over the Northwest, and they're going to come here and be refreshed. They're going to be touched. They're going to be prophesied over. They're going to be ministered to. They're going to be revived. They're going to be strengthened. They're going to be built up. And this is actually part of our assignment. So when we come to something like this, we're coming to the summit. This is not like, oh, yeah. This is not, this is known. This is, this, this is not a period of time. This is not a time for you to yawn. Yeah, 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 they're doing something big down there at the church, yeah. They, they've got something going on. Oh, yeah, past, pastor always has some crazy thing. He's, yeah, oh, yeah, they, 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 no, 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 no. We, we are called, we are called to feed and fuel, to energize, to prophesy, to revolutionize the entire Northwest. This is a mandate on us as a people. No yawning about this. No, we turn off the TV, whatever. You got DVRs anyway. Just save those things. Whatever is, whatever. Well, I need my sleep. They, they make a thing called coffee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Fact is, we knew you would need your strength. We knew you would need your strength for this, and so that's why we stopped the fast today. So you can have a little roast beef coming into this week and have plenty of energy. Coffee, roast beef, energy. Powerhouse. So when we think about this, we, we don't want you, we, we, we're a team. Come on. Well, something weird might happen. I hope it does. I hope it does. If a weird thing happens, we'll learn and we'll grow and we'll, you know how many weird things have happened at these meetings?
Doesn't mean we approve of everything that happens, by the way. But, but, oh, no, no, that's important to know. But what's important to know is that you come together as a family, that you're sold out to God's assignment on us. It's not God's assignment on Dwayne and Joel. It's God's assignment on us. And if you have been drawn here, it's, it's not just for casual consumerism. You have been drawn here to be one of the lively stones in this house. You are called to be one of the lively stones in this house to build a holy habitation that wrecks, in a good way, good wreck, that wrecks the atmosphere, that wrecks demonic plans, that stands up against the prince of Persia, that fuels the Cyrus calling to rock the enemy back and to build the house of God. Amen? So, um, uh, I want us to, so I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. This is a giant sales pitch, unashamedly, but it's a spiritual sales pitch because I mean it with all of my heart. So, uh, uh, I, the, the ushers have registration forms. I want you to register for the summit this morning before we leave the building. So, uh, put up a hand if you have not registered for the summit, and you can make it to a portion of it. You can make it to some of it. You can make it to an evening of it. You can make it to the morning sessions of it. You can rearrange your schedule a little bit. Uh, 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 you, you somehow can carve something out. You're going to figure it out. Maybe you just want to sew into it because it's uh, only $25. So if you want to just sew into it and you want to sew, I want to be a part of making this happen. Uh, and maybe I'll only get to two of the meetings. Maybe I'll get to three of the meetings. But I want to make sure that I'm a part of getting to this and making this happen. Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up unashamed sales pitch for our camp meeting. We want, you know what? Uh, I got a text last night from a gentleman in Chehalis. He says, I can't wait for this weekend. You know, how, you know who sets the atmosphere for this weekend? You know who sets the atmosphere? When these people come in, if they're going to feel hope, if they're going to feel courage, if they're going to feel faith, if they're going to feel breakthrough, you know who sets the atmosphere? The kids of this house. The kids of this house, you are, you are the sons and daughters of this house who set the atmosphere for all of those coming in. Amen? Amen? More of you? More of you? More of you? Hands up? Hands up? I want 100 registrations this morning. I'm believing for 100 registrations this morning. We got 100 yet? More over here. Praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to make one more appeal. I got one more appeal. Summit volunteers. Summit volunteers. Uh, we need... Uh, now, oh, by the way, this paperwork, we want you to fill this out right now. Are you filling it out right now? And on the back, it talks about the luncheon. Uh, Colin is going to be with us for the Marketplace Luncheon. Colin leads Pathfinders C3 in San Diego. 
uh, and him and Dr. Lipinski are going to be leading that marketplace luncheon on Saturday. And it's about influence. It's about influence in the seven mountains. It's about influence using what's in your hand. Uh, and so we want you to be a part of that and uh, to invite friends, to invite friends to all of this. Uh, we have a church leadership luncheon on Friday. And uh, Keenan Bridges and Chris Overstreet will be with us for that luncheon. Uh, so we invite you to be helping us with that. And so you can fill that on the, out on the back. So we want you filling this out right now because we want to collect these before you leave. This is the altar call today. I will be. I will be a royal son of this house. I will be a royal daughter of this house. I will be a part of the apostolic breakthrough in this region. I will be an expression of ministry to those coming from all over the Northwest. They're coming from Canada. They're coming from Oregon for this, by the way. Come on, somebody. So volunteers, though, uh, I think we need about 10, 12, 15 volunteers. That's a different form. Uh, if you want to be a volunteer, would you put up a hand and the ushers will bring you a form? And we don't want you to put your registration or the volunteer registration. Uh, we don't want you to put that registration in the bucket. We want you to see the Summit leadership team on the way out. Is the band up yet? Let's have the band come. Let's have the band come. Didn't they do well today? Praise the Lord. So proud of all of you. God is raising all of you up in ministry. God is raising all of you up in ministry. Every one of you. We're proud of you. We're proud of you as a people. If you're interested as a summit volunteer, we need about 15 volunteers. Put up a hand, and that's a different form, and we want you to take that form to the registration table because you're going to tell them today when you're available. If you're available on a particular day, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and what that time will be. Amen? Let's stand this morning. God's raising up Cyruses all over the world, by the way. I don't know if you're paying attention to political things, but God's raising up Cyruses all over the world. Those who are coming out of, not out of the church, they're coming out of business, they're coming out of maybe some of the most unusual places to lead nations. It's happening in Brazil right now. It's happening in the United Kingdom right now. Those who will resist the body politic, resist the swamp, and do what's right. They don't necessarily have to hold Republican or Democrat. They're going to do what's right. God's moving upon them to move truth forward, not, not necessarily a party issue. And we need to be praying the church, what we do, the church confronts the spirit of Persia. The church is called to confront the unclean realm. The church is called to set the spiritual atmosphere. The church is called to give birth to the Cyruses and then support them as God uses them for his purpose to establish the kingdom, to grow the kingdom, to cause the kingdom to expand. Amen? 
Father, we thank you right now. Lift up your voices with me right now. We thank you right now. We thank you that you are withstanding, that you are standing against the prince of Persia, that you're even rescuing those under that spirit. You're actually bringing them. We're reading right now that the, that the fastest growing movement in Christianity is in Iran. And Father, we rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. You are delivering those people out of the hand of that unclean entity. And we give you the praise that you are establishing Yeshua and you are making him famous. We thank you for it today. We give you the praise and we receive a prophetic mandate, the prophetic mantle and the prophetic mandate. We are your royal sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. We have samples at the window. We have a mission meeting.